people who believe. We're a body of believers. Uh, we believe the gospel, the message that was preached about Jesus. And we've changed our lives based on that belief. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the Christ and uh, the message that was delivered in response to the Great Commission, where Jesus sent his disciples out to proclaim the gospel. Remember, immediately before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, March 16, verse 15 and 16, go into all the world uh, and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We've believed, and we've made a commitment to the Lord, and we are gathered this morning because of that. Uh, we've turned from our sins, and, and now confessing that Jesus is the Christ, we have begun following Jesus. Uh, we've been born again, as is sometimes uh, the way it's described. Uh, that means our old sinful self has died, and now we are part of the new creation. With the Spirit of the Lord, we are born again. And now, as believers who have acted on that belief, we are changed, and we have been added to the kingdom, added to the number with the disciples, or added to the church, as the last verses in that that Hunter read for us. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. That's who we are. We are a community. We are a body of believers who serve the Lord. And it's that belief in the Lord that unites us and makes us a a group, a, a body. And we are here, as I said, because of that. Uh, and our belief in Jesus is the foundation of, of the important thing that pulls us together. We believe that Jesus was more than simply a good man who had a lot of good teachings. We believe he's the Son of God. We believe that he is more than the greatest prophet who ever lived, even though he is. We believe he actually spoke from God because he is God. We believe that he is the source of eternal life, the risen Savior, the Son of God. John chapter 1 verse 12, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We believe. Because of that, we have become children of God. John 3, verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains in him. Based on our belief that he is the Christ, the Son of God, we've changed. We've now obeyed him, following him, and so we have that eternal life. We've obeyed the Lord. We've become this community of believers saved by God and added to their number. Jesus wants us to believe that he's the Christ. 
That was a fundamental part of all that he did when he was on the earth. He, he, he would ask his disciples, who do people say that I am and now who do you believe that I am? In response to that, Peter made a statement that has become one of the mainstays of who we are as a group, of who, who Christians are. Luke chapter 9, verse 18, and he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God, the anointed of God. That confession that Peter made now is a part of all who compose the the body of believers, all who compose the the group that's called Christians or the church. And our eternal life is based on that confession. Our our eternal life is based on the fact, our our part of Jesus is based on the fact that we believe and have said so, are willing to say so, whenever, however. Jesus would tell his disciples in Luke 12, But I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, son of man will also acknowledge him before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Christians, or those that compose this body, were taught to believe in Jesus and to confess the name of Jesus. That is integral. That is part of what makes us who we are. Paul's original sermon uh, on the day of Pentecost was designed to help the people in Jerusalem that day know that Jesus is the Christ, God's anointed, and to believe in him as who he is, the the founder of this new kingdom of God. He gave in his lesson proofs that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies, the Messiah. They were convicted then that they had crucified the Lord, rejected the Lord, and they said, well, well what do we do? What? How do we fix this? How do we change? So he tells them how to change, how to change their allegiance to believe, well, believe that Jesus is the Christ the one that God wants to establish the new kingdom of God. So he tells them that and they were baptized uh, because they now gave their allegiance to Jesus. They were baptized uh, and gave their allegiance to the new kingdom of God. Not the old patterned after what Moses had given them on Sinai, but now Jesus They were baptized for the remission of their sins and immediately were part of this new community of faith bound together by their faith in Jesus. Not by a military mind, by an army with swords through their faith in Jesus. We read there, well, what did they believe? What what composed all of those things? Well, obviously they believe that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, the primary evidence that Jesus is the Christ that Peter gave was from the prophecies of the Old Testament. 
Uh, and then there were the signs of Jesus, the miracles that he performed. Uh, even the events of that day of them speaking in different languages, he, uh, uh, which was a sign. But Peter said, it's the fulfillment of the prophecy about the Messiah, the kingdom of God. So they believed and wanted to be part of that. And they were baptized to, to initiate themselves into that. Verse 41 of Acts 2, so those who received his word were baptized and there were, ad- and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. It is our belief that binds us together. Uh, like those of old, we have heard the word about Jesus. We believe. And so we are bound together as they were. Based on that word, we've made the decision. I will be part of this group. I will give myself to God and to this community of believers. When Paul's writing to the Ephesians, he reminds them that that was their decision. That based on their belief, they became a body, a a community, and they supported one another, encouraging one another, and praised God together. Ephesians 1, verse 13, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you uh, were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And still in that letter to the Ephesians, trying to help them understand that, how that they would be united in service and work uh, uh, to maintain that unity of their group, that community of faith. He tells them uh, that there is one body, Ephesians 4, verse 6 through eight, uh, 4 through 6. There is one body, one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The only way that our unity, the only way that our body can stay united, the only way that our community stays together, is that if we believe the same things, base our life on the same hope, the same belief, the the same understanding. So what do we believe? What binds us together? Well, the short answer might be, well, the Bible. (laughs) But that might be a little too simplistic uh, because some believers in God don't really believe that the Bible is inspired. (laughs) And some that believe the Bible is inspired still don't believe everything that the Bible teaches. Uh, And then there's a lot of debate about, well, what does the Bible actually teach? Uh, Some have tried to help uh, to write a synopsis or something that that might uh, say, well, this is a synopsis of what the Scriptures teach. And that can be dangerous, by the way, because when it's written by us, well, uh, it will have our footprint on it or or thumbprint on it and it might be wrong or incorrect because after all, all of us are flawed humans and our understanding is not guaranteed to be correct. 
Sealed statements of faith can be important and can help us to, to pull our thoughts together. And statements of faith have been around for a long, long time. People have been trying to help us to understand for, for a long time. In fact, early on in Christianity, like in the uh, third or fourth century, they wrote what they call the Apostles' Creed. And I, uh, uh, I brought this, didn't have to use this really old copy, but this is from ni- uh, 1700. It was written by, uh, uh, well, I forgot his name, Brownlow, I believe, uh, by uh, John, uh, I, in fact, I entirely misremembered, uh, Isaac Barlow uh, uh, is his name, uh, uh, published, he was Archbishop of Canterbury in 1700, and this is a series of sermons that he wrote on the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He arose, he rose again to the, uh, from the dead. He ascended to heaven and uh, setteth on the right hand of God by uh, God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the uh, Holy Catholic or Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. By the way, there's about 30 sermons in that. We'll be reading from this, uh, uh, not today, however, but uh, uh, <laughs> got to practice up on seeing the difference between S's and F's because uh, of the way the old uh, English script is. Jesus gave statements of faith. To help us to understand, the apostles different times gave statements of faith. None intended to be all-inclusive, but all intended to help us to understand what we believe. One of the statements Jesus gave in Matthew 22, Teacher, which, of the great, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first command, or commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus didn't intend this to be all or uh, inclusive as such, but, but it is a summation of Scripture. That if we love God with all of ourselves, then we're going to do everything that God has asked us to do. And if we love one another as ourselves, then we're going to treat each other according to the will of God, according to what is right and, and correct. Uh, and so uh, all of those interpersonal relationships, we're going to love and serve God. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, wanted Timothy to, uh, or to help Timothy understand full service to God. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 14, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things so uh, that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church, 
of the living God, a pillar and buttress of truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. We could spend days talking about these different things, uh, days on these precepts, and we will in future weeks talk about these different things that we believe in. The gospel message is about the advent of Jesus. The gospel message is what Jesus did on the earth to bring about a community of faith, a community of believers. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about reaching out in the world that is dominated by Satan with the message of freedom from sin, salvation, so that we all might be citizens of God. So why did the people in Jerusalem believe that day? Well, one of the things they believed uh, that brought them immediately as a group of people, a, a body of faith, is that they believed in God. They believed in one God. Now, it wasn't a new belief for them. They had always believed in God. But Peter wanted them to know this is God's will for you today. And it, Belief in God then is a foundational belief. There's only one God. There never will be a plurality, a, a, a pantheon of gods. There's one God. And Jesus is his son. Jesus is God too. Uh, that idea of the Trinity is difficult to understand, difficult to grasp how he can be one and yet three. Uh, and I don't know if everybody in Jerusalem that day fully understood that at, at that preaching. But this they did know. Jesus is the Son of God. They understood Jesus came from God. They understood that Jesus is the voice of God and salvation is in His name. They believed that He was raised from the dead and now has returned to sit at the right hand of God. They understood that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies and that He is the King in the kingdom of God. They understood then the kingdom had begun. They understood and believed the declaration that Peter made. This Jesus, God raised up, and of that we are witness, all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this day for you yourselves are, uh, are what you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. They believe that Jesus is the Christ. And they believe that they should repent or change and look to Jesus for their hope, for their salvation. Many had seen the signs that Jesus had performed during his ministry. And many had seen him or heard him forgive sins. Now they believed. They believed that Jesus is the Christ. Now they believed that those signs and wonders he performed were done so because he is from God. They believed in him and were willing to turn from their unacceptance, their rejection, 
or their unbelief and follow Jesus. So they said, well, Peter, what do we do? How do we, how do we change? Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know they believe this because that day some 3,000 were baptized, are buried in water, immersed in water, and raised again. New life, born of the Spirit. They believed in Jesus and the necessity of becoming followers of Jesus. So they repented, were baptized, and were added to the number of the group of the apostles, added to the body, to the church. These very first Christians believed in the Holy Spirit. They had seen what the Spirit was doing there in their midst, the manifestations that day. They understood that this was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. They believed that God was in their midst validating these events. They heard the promise of God in the words of Peter, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They believed in the Spirit. They believed that the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven had begun. Jesus is king, then Jesus is on the throne. This has to be his kingdom. If Jesus descended from David and is the fulfillment of God's promise, this has to be the kingdom of God. This is the beginning of God's new order, the fulfillment of the prophecy in Jeremiah. This is the time of of justice for the downtrodden, uh, of help to those who are laden with sin. This is the time, just as Jesus had said a few years before in Nazareth, Luke chapter 4, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. He began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. On Pentecost, those that were in Jerusalem that day, listening to Peter, believed. They believed this, uh, and they became a people of faith. Oppression among them stopped. There was a community of mutual encouragement, a community where they shared with one another, a community of justice. They believed that the kingdom of God had come on earth as it had been in heaven. And they began acting like citizens of the kingdom 
of God. So is that who we are? Are we a community of believers? Has it changed the way we act toward each other, the way we act toward God? Do we believe? Do we really believe? We have a faith in the Lord. And we have, we share full assurances in His promise. I honestly believe that each one of us, we share in the full assurances with the Lord. It is a shared belief that we have. It is a commonality among us. We believe in the hope of eternal life. I think every one of us, we believe we are going to heaven. That is our faith. That is something that unites us. We are on our way to live with God in heaven forevermore. We draw near to each other because we share this belief. We draw near each other because this shared belief encourages us and we can encourage one another. A Hebrew writer writes to Christians telling them that that's one of the reasons why we gather together to encourage each other in our belief. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart with full, full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Because of our belief, we live in peace and hope. Because of our belief, we do not fear the accusations that Satan might hurl against us because we know we are forgiven in the Lord. We have that promise. Like Paul, we believe that because we died with Christ in baptism, we will live with Christ in heaven. We believe. The saying is trustworthy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot, he cannot deny himself. Do you believe? Have you acted on your belief? Do you live like you believe? Do you cling to others who believe? To be part of a body of believers? If you've not acted on your belief, your belief remains incomplete and disobedient and really not very useful. If you've believed and obeyed, then your belief gives you hope everlasting. Your belief pulls you, needs to pull, should pull you into, a, into this body of other believers so that together we work to the service of God, 
so that together we support each other in our faith, so that together we serve our God in hope together for everlasting life. If you're not part of a church, you need to be part of a community of believers. And if you've not ever responded on your belief to be baptized in His name, then you need to you need to obey the Lord. You need to obey that command. If you've not been baptized, you can do that today. The water is here. It's ready. The heater's on. It's warm. Be part of the body of believers. This community of faith. Serve God with others who share that faith with you so that if one stumbles, the others are here to raise you up so that we keep on walking and serving God together. Let's be standing. As always, in our foyer, some of our elders, some of our, uh, uh, their wife will be there to pray with you. Our prayer warriors will pray with you. Some of us will be at the front. We will pray with you to help you in this struggle of the life of being a child of God. If you've not yet been buried with Christ in baptism, you can do that this very morning. In the next 10 minutes, we want to help you in whatever way we can to be part of God's community of believers.